0: Matthew 5, 1 through 7, and seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came unto him, and and he opened his mouth and taught them, and this is what he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for there shall be for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Father, I thank you for your holy word. Thank you for the words of Jesus, that he took time just to speak to his disciples concerning this, but thank you, thank you for Matthew who recorded it. Thank you that we have a copy of it today. And Lord, as we look at this being merciful, I pray that you'd help us to search our hearts and uh, just do our part in your kingdom's work. In Jesus' name, amen. In the New Testament, Matthew presents Jesus as the king and no one else. The sermon has uh, a twofold fold message uh, for us. Uh, First of all, how to enter Christ's kingdom. And once in there, how to live in the kingdom. Um, I think of adopted children. I'm not talking about when parents adopt a baby. I'm talking about adopting an older child into a home. They, They have been adopted into this home and they need to understand and know the rules and know how to live within the confines of this family. And so the Lord is trying to show us tonight as we look at this being merciful uh, as we are inducted into the kingdom of God by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ then secondly how to live. Now only those who are broken in spirit as we've already looked at and who are mournful, who are meek and who are hungering and thirsting after the righteousness of the Lord Jesus can enter in uh, to this kingdom. Um, And after they enter... Uh, they, that is us, we should continue with these kind of attitudes. And as we read, blessed are the merciful. Um, I want you to listen to um, another version. Blessed, happy, to be envied, and spiritually prosperous. That is, with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor for having given us salvation regardless of Their outward conditions. You know, I've heard people say, how in the world could God save a person like that? God's mercy. His mercy. That's how he can do it. Uh, and it, And then it says, are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Now, mercy is from the Lord. It's not from somebody else. And the Lord Jesus emphasized it is what's inside a person that counts. He doesn't look on the outward appearance. He looks on the heart. He knows what you and I are thinking right now. He knows what we are thinking every minute, every second of every day. He knows the thoughts before we even think them. That's scary. He knows the thoughts before it even crosses my brain. That That's amazing. That is our God. Now, that doesn't mean that he's not concerned about how we behave because he is. He is concerned about the things that are outside also. The outward appearance. You and I see the outward appearance and we form an opinion, right? Hey, I don't like the length of the hair. I don't like the color of the skin. I don't like what they wear. And on and on it goes. Hey, that's between them and God. And when I talk to couples or talk to anybody about joining, I ask them how they feel about this, what they believe about that. And then if it don't exactly suit the way I feel, I say, listen, that is between you and God. The main thing, are you a born-again child of God? Have you followed the Lord in baptism? And are you willing to continue in this walk? This walk is not easy. Okay, I was not in the military, but some of you were. And you don't have to raise your hand, but in your own heart and mind, just answer this question. After you had been about halfway through boot camp, did you ever say, Man, I wish I'd have stayed in my place. Uh, You know, I'm sure. Uh, But uh, now for those who volunteer, hey, they may not have felt that way. Now the fruit... And he's going to be talking about the fruit of righteousness. Not mine because my righteousness, the Bible says, is as filthy rags. But we're talking about the righteousness of our God. Because his mercy is always right. I think, uh, and and people have asked me this. say, what about a a person that has lived for the devil 99.9% of their entire life. And on the deathbed they get saved. Do they go to heaven? If they're saved, they go to heaven. Now you look at that parable of where the uh, people were showing up all during the day. and, And the man over the crop and over the farm said, I'll pay you what's right. I'll pay you what's right. At the end of the day, everybody got the same. Those who had spent all day long were complaining how they only got this much and one who only showed up for a little bit got the same amount. That's not fair. We see it today and we say, that's not fair. But it's up to God. You know, I think this way. Praise God for a job. You know, praise God the, for a, the way to earn a living. Praise God for the for the all of the uh, provisions that He provides for us every day. Just to go to the cabinet and get a can of soup, or go to the refrigerator and get a cold drink. I mean, uh, I'm thinking of Africa. For four months, it wasn't always that available. Okay, we were at their mercy as to what we had for supper. Because while they were eating, they prepared plates and brought them to our house. And I'm going to tell you, God did not do a thing but work a miracle in Lynn's life. She'd raised a little cover up and she said, I can't do it tonight. I did the shopping, she didn't. And I always tried to get what I thought, hey, this, she will eat this. Well, uh, one of the things I found that she liked best was a nutty buddy without the nuts. So, when she would say, I can't do it, <laughs> she would eat her nutty buddy without nuts. But many times we lift the cover, and there was my favorite fish heads. Wow. Can you imagine eating a fish head? Those of you who fish and eat fish try the fish head. I mean you'd be surprised what's around the lips. You'd be surprised what's around the eye socket and the gills. I mean you can suck juice out of the gills. Sorry if I'm making you sick but Landon, I, I lived that way for four months because of communication gap. I said, I love fish, and it came across fish heads. And they didn't forget me for four months. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but the question is when we think about God, how merciful God is, okay? I think of that parable where uh, the, the, the servant came to his master and he said, Look, I don't have the money to pay you. Please give me an opportunity to pay. And the master said, Hey, don't worry about it. Pay when you can. And then that rascal went out to somebody that owed him money and took him and put him in prison and right under there says, and made him pay. And I'm thinking, How can he pay when he's in prison? And the Lord said, You sorry, rascal, you. I had mercy on you, and you didn't have mercy on that one. Well, we think of, the, of a broken spirit and mournful and being meek and hungering and thirsting. But when we come to that merciful, we need to be merciful toward others, having mercy toward others. In fact, it's part of our attitude, okay? It's what we think inside, our attitude toward anything, So, let's look at this beatitude. First of all, the significance of mercy. Why 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 mercy? Because it is important. Jesus is our model. You want to know how to treat someone? You pick up in the scriptures and find how Jesus treated others. You don't have to like it, but you pray over it. And you say, Lord, now what do I need to do? Uh, What if that were me? Would somebody have mercy on me? I was stopped by a highway patrol one time. I was speeding. Caleb was just a little tot and uh, he was standing up beside me and had his arm around my neck. And I was going down uh, the hill there on the Seneca end of uh, Earl's Grove Hill, just leaving the church. And, oh, I was sailing Well, the highway patrol was on the other end coming down the hill this way. He turned his blue lights on. He pulled off of the road, got out of his car, and walked out in the middle of the road, and here he stood. Of course, I rolled up there, and he said, Can I see your license, please? Yes, sir, I handed it to him. I'll be back in a moment. I said, Caleb, your daddy is in trouble. So from that point on... A lot of things frightened Caleb, and this was, his na- this was his words. If he came home, he and his mama, and as soon as he found his daddy, he said, Daddy, there was a wreck up yonder. I said, Who all was there, Caleb? He said, Well, first of all, there was a hooker truck. You know, a wrecker. He said, There was a hooker truck, and there was an armament, and there was a high man. That's embedded in his mind today. He hasn't forgotten that. And this is funny. He said, Daddy, he called me. He said, Daddy, I was down near Malden, and a highway patrol pulled me over for speeding. I said, Were you speeding? Yes, sir. Said he took my information, come back to the car, and got down and looked in my face. He said, Now, this is in Simpsonville toward Malden. Are you Kenny Owen's son? He said, yes, sir, I am. He said, I thought so. You can't hide that look. (laughs) Said, he handed me back my license. Daddy said, be careful. He said, Daddy, I didn't go two miles. He pulled me over again. Came into my car. He said, Caleb, I wanted to ask you a question. Where is your daddy preaching at now? (laughs) He said, I just forgot to ask you. You know, hey. Well, he had mercy on him because of knowing me. (laughs) Me? Well, hey, God has mercy on us because of Jesus. Hello? Jesus went to the cross for our sins. He's still having mercy on us. And as far as the lost is concerned, he's having mercy on the lost. Listen, the clock has not run out for the lost. And I beg you, I challenge you to continue to speak to the lost people. Now... Jesus was probably the most merciful human being that ever lived. He never did anything in a harmful way. He never harmed anyone. Even those money changers probably thought, Hey, this is not fair. We're trying to make a living. And he run us out of the temple. Well, he established our going, the Bible says. He set our feet on a rock and established our going. The Bible says the, the... Steps of a good man are ordered by who? God. Now, when we think about being merciful, um, you know, it's important. Uh, Let's do, I want to share with you some comparisons that I have. Um, Thinking about the significance of mercy. There are simple comparisons. First of all, mercy and forgiveness. Okay? Mercy and forgiveness. Mercy is the same as forgiveness. Hey, God had mercy on me and forgave me, all right? And Titus 3, 5 says, according to his mercy, he saved us. Ephesians 2 says, God who is rich in mercy hath made us alive for and fit for his kingdom. Now, every person in this room right now who is saved, you are, I am a saint of God. A saint. Mercy uh, uh, is present when God saves us. And in his mercy, it allows him to redeem us. He don't have to explain to his father. He just simply writes in the book as his father. I like to think that maybe Jesus is seated, and he is on the right hand of his father. He's seated at a desk with the book of life. And as he begins to sign the name in, I could just see the father overlooking and saying, oh, that's wonderful. Patting his son on the back. That's, that's wonderful. Well, not only mercy and forgiveness, but let's compare mercy and love. Forgiveness flows out of Mercy, okay? When we have mercy and we're willing to forgive somebody, mercy flows out of love, okay? And as we think of God's mercy, it is based on love because for God so loved the world, for God so had mercy on the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth him should not perish but have everlasting life. A third comparison is mercy and grace. Mercy deals with the symptom. Okay, I'm guilty. Grace deals with the problem. What is the problem? Well, you think of many of those that came to Jesus. They were blood issues. They were blind issues. They were crippled issues. They were death issues, and all of those he had mercy. Um, I think the old boy had leprosy. He just simply said, "Lord, if you would, you could heal me. If you if you if you would," and Jesus healed him. And then he says, go show yourself to the priest. Hey, Jesus knew he'd been going to the priest and probably praying. Go show yourself to the priest. And basically he was saying, you pay him. You give give your money to him. Uh, Mercy offers relief from punishment. Father, in Jesus' name, right now, I pray for the ambulance driver. I pray for those that are on there to administer help. And I pray for whoever they're going after. If this is an ambulance, if it's a fire truck, if it's our deputies, if it's our police, God, in Jesus' name, protect them. Mercy deals with the symptoms. Grace deals with the problem, okay? Now we see mercy and justice. What do you want? Do you want mercy? Or do you want justice, okay? Mercy and justice. Jesus came into the world in human form and paid for our sins with his death on the cross. He's already paid the price for sin, okay? Now, I don't have time to get into all this, but I'll quickly mention, because people are always asking, people ask questions uh, when a suicide has taken place. Did that person go to hell? I said, well, if they're lost, they're in hell. If they're saved, they're in heaven. As they said, I can't believe that. How could they kill themselves and get forgiveness of that sin? I said, because when Jesus died, the Bible said he died one time. He died for my past, my present, and my future. I don't know what this mind might do before it begins not to think clearly. I may lose all ability to think. You see, the only thing saved about us is our soul. This body is not saved. I mean, it is a wreck. The Bible talks about our tongue being full of deadly poison. It talks about our eyes looking at things they ought to not look at. You need to pluck it out. It talks about our hands doing things they have no business. Cut it off. Only thing saved is the soul. And the devil would like to control that, but he can't. Not only the significance of mercy, but let's look at the source, okay? The source of mercy. Mercy comes from God. We understand that. In fact, it's a gift from him. It is a gift from God. And he gives it only to those who are poor in the spirit. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And you back and you back up. Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. And you could back on up all the way. These, these beatitudes, one precedes the other. One backs up the other. And so we, we see this and we look at this. Um, mournful over their sins. Being meek, hungering, and thirsting after righteousness of God. His righteousness, not mine. Now, if it wasn't for mercy, uh, a mercy of God... There'd be no mercy. I wouldn't know how to even have mercy on anybody if it wasn't for my God having had mercy on me. A third thing. The substance of this mercy. First of all, let's look at it physically and then we'll look at it spiritually. Uh, On the physical side, when we think about the substance, uh, giving money to the poor. Feeding the hungry. Clothing the naked. Giving a bed to the homeless. Or by changing a grudge into forgiveness. You remember when uh, Jesus said that and they said, Wherein have we done that to you, Lord? Bottom line, he said, If you've done it to any of these. If you've done it to anybody, you've done it to me. That's the physical. How about the spiritual side um, of this same thing as we, we think about uh, the substance? Um, the, the, the physical side. First of all, there's pitying. Our Lord pities us. You remember when he looked over Jerusalem, up on the mountain, and he, he looked over Jer- Jerusalem, and he wept over it. He wept over it because he knew what was going on in Jerusalem, the sins that's going on. He knew that, and he had pity. You see, we shed, listen, we shed more tears over, the, over a dead body than we do over a living lost soul. Hello? Hello? You agree or you disagree? I mean, we do. Now, you might think this is hard. But I don't recall shedding any tears over my mama or my daddy's passion because daddy was wore out. He was miserable. He was suffering. My mama, the same way. Cancer. Eating her up. Nothing she could do. It was a blessing when God called both of them home. Len's daddy enjoyed probably, I don't know, 25, maybe 30 years of retirement. He loved doing for others. He loved giving money away. He loved fishing. He loved to feed people. But he had cancer that slowed him down a little. Then he had a stroke and died with a heart attack. I don't remember shedding any tears over him. Len's mama was active. I'm talking active. And she lost her mind most of it. And one night she just went on to sleep. I didn't shed any tears over it. I praise God for his mercy that he had on all four of them. Taking them out of their suffering and taking them home. So don't forget, when we visit the the funeral home and people's weeping and crying. The Bible talks about weeping and crying over the lost. Okay? Okay? Pitying, not only pitying, but also there's prodding. Being gentle with those in sin. We are too quick, I said we, are too quick to condemn the sinner. And what I feel like we need to do is put their shoes on and think back when we were lost. We have to be gentle. And we have to prod them alone with the word of God. Also, there's praying. Praying for the lost. Praying for the backslidden. Praying for Christians to have courage to witness. Courage to do something for the lost. Courage. You know, you, uh, the, the saved person would expect us to do something for them. The lost wouldn't. When is the last time? You all or myself have done anything for the lost, anything outside of praying for them. Charles Stanley says, no contact, no impact. You can't just pray for them. You've got to put feet on the prayers, go visit, pray with them. I haven't found not one lost person since I've been trying to, to speak to lost people. I haven't found not one that wouldn't let me pray with them. There was a lady in the hospital when I was at Earl's Grove and somebody said, I wish you'd go see her, but I'll tell you before we go, she's Je- a Jehovah's Witness. But I wish you'd go see her. I said, I will. I went. I knocked on the door. The voice said, come in. I went in, told her who I was. She said, I know you. you from Earl's Grove. I said, yeah. We talked, shared with her. She listened. She shared with me. I listened. I got ready to go, and I said, uh, would you allow me to pray with you? And this is what she said. If you will pray in Jehovah's name, yes. I said, gladly. I said, our Father in Jesus' name. And I talked about her and asking the doctors to be with her and the nurses to give them wisdom and knowledge. And I said, I pray all this, our Father, in the name of Jehovah God. Amen. It was fine. I didn't shove and push mine down her throat. Okay? She allowed me to come in, so it was my place to have mercy and not beat the person down. Praying. Also there's preaching. Also there's teaching. You know say well I'm not a preacher. I'm not a teacher. All you got to do is tell somebody. Hey this is my life before I was saved. This is my life now. And I praise God for his love. For his grace. And his mercy. The last thing is the cycle. The cycle of, of mercy. There's the manifestation in Matthew 6, 12, he says, forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Okay? God's not forgive us if we can't forgive others. We've got to be outright with man before we can be upright with God. There you have a cross that the Lord Jesus died upon. Proverbs 14, 21 says, he that hath mercy on the poor, happy is He. What are we doing for the poor? God's blessed us so m- many ways that we could share with the lost, with the poor. Then there's a not only the manifestation in the cycle of mercy, but there's also the misunderstanding. Some people think that a person becomes saved by doing merciful deeds. Not so, is it? You can't get mercy uh, for merit. Otherwise, mercy wouldn't be mercy. You can't earn it. It comes from the love of God. It comes from a love of servants. Mercy is given by God because we need it. Mercy is given by God because we need it. Even those who are merciful need it. We all need it. Matthew 18, there's a story about a servant who owned a king, a, a, a king, a tremendous amount of money. And you remember that? He said, when I come back, I'll, you can... Do what you're supposed to do. So many talents, so many talents, so many talents came back. I double mine, I double mine. I, I, I was afraid of you, so I hid mine. You sorry rascal. I mean, I'm gonna, you know, hey, you at least uh, done something to earn, um, you know, some extra money. Then we see the, the magnitude. If we are merc- a merciful person, God will continue to give us mercy, okay? If we are merciful, God's going to be merciful on us. Every time we sin, he will forgive us according to 1 John 1, nine. If we confess, he's faithful, he's just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness because of his mercy. Some people think when Jesus, <coughs> excuse me, when Jesus said, "The merciful shall obtain mercy," that he was referring to when <coughs> when judgment's takes place in the future. But it's not so. He's referring to both now and in the future. Now and in the future. David said, surely, what? Goodness and mercy shall follow me how many days? All of them. All the days of my life. And I will dwell. I will live. I have a place in heaven for you. You see, God, uh, he's having mercy right now. You think about <clears throat> any friend you have that's lost, that hasn't been saved. God, God's waiting. He's having mercy on them. They don't realize it. So that's where we have to share with them. Hey, you know, God's having mercy on me. He wants me to do right. And, and uh, you know, as God has mercy on us, we need to have mercy on others. And he says, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall, that is in the future, not only now, but in the future, shall be merciful. I will be merciful. Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's what he said. Be merciful to me. Don't be a judge, for my goodness, my life's a wreck. Be, have mercy upon me, O Lord. Think about the thief on the cross. How many seconds did he have to get it right? Just a few, just a few minutes to get it right. Lord, have mercy. Upon, remember me. In other words, he was saying, have mercy on me, Lord, when I come into your presence. You know, I see so many people and they'll say, do you remember me? I said, well, I remember the face, but I'm sorry, I can't put a name on it. And they'll tell me, I said, oh, yes, I remember you. That won't happen with God. We get to heaven. That won't happen with God. God, do you remember me? Hmm. I don't know where I do or not. Tell me your name. You're in trouble if that happens. I mean, hey. But God knows his young'uns. He hears the cries of his young'uns. And he expects his young'uns to cry out to them and begging him for mercy as we deliver mercy to those that are lost and those that might have mistreated us. We're to have mercy on them. Father, thank you for the evening. Thank you for the time together with this, my family. Lord, I ask you in the name of Jesus to have mercy upon us as we have mercy upon others uh, that you might deliver, continue to deliver uh, that mercy upon us. Lord, we want you to speak to our hearts. We want to do what you ask us to do, and we know it, it on the physical side. We think, well, that's not easy. That's going to be hard, but you said you'd be with us. I pray that you bless in this invitation time, Lord, and whatever your will is for our lives, Lord, just contact us and help us to be willing to be adjustable. In Jesus' name, amen. The altars